European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 42, Issue 37. Focus Issue, Ischemic Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. The challenge of risk stratification in suspected angina, in myocardial infarction without risk factors, and in frail patients. This focus issue on ischemic heart disease contains the viewpoint article Coronary Artery Disease in the Absence of Traditional Risk Factors, A Call for Action by Suzanne Avis from the University of Tasmania in Australia and colleagues. The key role of hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, diabetes mellitus and smoking in causing coronary artery disease or CAD has been well recognised at a population level and has been the target of highly effective primary and secondary prevention strategies for over 50 years. However, a substantial and increasing proportion of patients presenting with life-threatening acute coronary syndrome, or ACS, have none of these standard modifiable cardiovascular risk factors, or SMRFs. Whilst this remains a relatively small proportion of the pie, the global burden of CAD makes their absolute number substantial estimated conservatively to impact 29.6 million and to account for 1.4 million deaths per annum. Despite this, smurfless CAD patients appear to be an invisible group in current clinical trials and guidelines, with little known about their outcome or the best approach to their management and secondary prevention strategies. Thus, the authors assessed both the European Society of Cardiology and the American College of Cardiology Stroke American Heart Association guidelines to determine the proportion of trials underpinning the guideline recommendations that reported the number or percentage of participants with no Smurfs. In a second viewpoint article entitled Physical Activity and Exercise in Patients with Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection and Fibromuscular Dysplasia by Mauricia Tweet from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA. The author notes that spontaneous coronary artery dissection, or SCAD, is a non-atherosclerotic etiology of acute myocardial infarction and sudden cardiac arrest, for which research, awareness and diagnosis have increased substantially over the past five years. Coexistent in 45-86% to 86% of SCAD patients, Fibromuscular dysplasia, or FMD, is a non-atherosclerotic and non-inflammatory disease of the medium and small-caliber arteries that is associated with arterial aneurysms, dissections, and stenoses. SCAD recurs in about 10-29% to of SCAD patients. Arterial dissections are reported in up to 28% of FMD patients. And cervical FMD is associated with recurrent spontaneous cervical artery dissections. Risk for future arterial dissections and the safety of physical activity stroke exercise after diagnosis of SCAD or FMD is poorly understood. As current recommendations are based on clinical gestalt and often an abundance of caution, there is a need for future attention to this topic of research and clearly distinguishing between physical activities and structured exercise will help to refine recommendations. Further mechanistic research is needed regarding safe cardiorespiratory fitness and strength training thresholds in this patient population. 
While increased cardiopulmonary fitness is anticipated to be associated with better outcomes, this is not known for SCAD stroke FMD due to the concerns of recurrent arterial dissection or rupture at high exercise intensity levels. As exercise strategies within cardiac rehabilitation continue to be refined, randomized control trials of restricted and non-restricted stroke facilitated exercise, assessing for differences in outcomes such as vascular events, mental health status and physiological fitness, would greatly inform clinical practice. Patients with non-left main coronary bifurcation lesions are usually best treated with a stepwise provisional approach. However, patients with true left main stem bifurcation lesions have been shown in one dedicated randomized study to benefit from systematic dual stent implantation. In a fast-track clinical research article entitled The European Bifurcation Club Left Main Coronary Stent Study a randomized comparison of stepwise provisional versus systematic dual stenting strategies, EBC Main. David Hildig-Smith from the Brighton and Sussex University Hospital in the United Kingdom and colleagues looked into this issue further. A total of 467 patients with true left main stem bifurcation lesions requiring intervention were recruited to the EBC Main study in 11 European countries. Patients were randomly allocated to a stepwise layered provisional strategy or a systematic dual stent approach. The primary endpoint, a composite of death, myocardial infarction and target lesion revascularization at 12 months, occurred in 14.7% of the stepwise provisional group versus 17.7% of the systematic dual stent group, hazard ratio 0.8, 95% confidence interval 0.5 to 1.3, P equaling 0.34. Secondary endpoints were death, 3% versus 4.2%, P equaling 0.48. Myocardial infarction, 10% versus 10.1%, P equaling 0.91. Target lesion revascularization, 6.1% versus 9.3%, P equaling 0.16 and stent thrombosis, 1.7% versus 1.3%, P equaling 0.90 respectively. Procedure time, x-ray dose, and consumables favoured the stepwise provisional approach. Symptomatic improvement was excellent and equal in each group. Hildick Smith et al. conclude that among patients with true bifurcation left main stem stenosis requiring intervention, Fewer major adverse cardiac events occur with a stepwise layered provisional approach than with planned dual stenting, although the difference was not statistically significant. The stepwise provisional strategy should remain the default for distal left main stem bifurcation intervention. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Farouk Jaffa and colleagues from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The authors congratulate the EBC Maine investigators for bringing forth this new study that will undoubtedly increase interest in provisional stenting for left main distal true bifurcation disease. Yet the story is unlikely to be complete. In trying to harmonize an approach based on these pivotal left main studies, they propose a strategy based on integration of currently accepted best practices, including careful assessment of the complexity of the side branch 
image and physiology-based guidance and plaque preparation. Jaffa et al. anticipate long-term outcomes from ongoing trials will help us understand if we can truly simplify, simplify, simplify stenting of the left main bifurcation. Fractional flow reserve obtained by computed tomography coronary angiography, or FFR-CTCA, determines both the presence of coronary artery disease and vessel-specific ischemia. In a clinical research article entitled Fractional Flow Reserve Derived from Computed Tomography Coronary Angiography in the Assessment and Management of Stable Chest Pain, the Forecast Randomized Trial. Nick Curzon from the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom and colleagues tested whether an evaluation strategy based on FFR-CTCA would improve economic and clinical outcomes compared with standard care. Overall, 1,400 patients with stable chest pain in 11 centres were randomised to initial testing with FFR-CTCA, the experimental group, or standard clinical care pathways, the standard group. The primary endpoint was total cardiac cost at 9 months. Secondary endpoints were angina status, quality of life, major adverse cardiac and cerebrovascular events, and use of invasive coronary angiography. Mean total cardiac costs were higher by 114 pounds or plus 8% in the experimental group, though the difference was not significant. Major adverse cardiac and cerebrovascular events did not differ significantly, 10.2% in the experimental group versus 10.6% in the standard group. And angina and quality of life improved to a similar degree over follow-up in both randomised groups. Invasive angiography was reduced significantly in the experimental group, 19% versus 25%, P equaling 0.01. The authors conclude that a strategy of FFR-CT in patients with stable angina does not differ significantly from standard clinical care pathways in cost or clinical outcomes but does reduce the use of invasive coronary angiography. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Shara Lambos Antoniades and Henry West from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. The authors conclude that computed tomography coronary angiography, or CTCA, simultaneous extraction of information, is not achievable by any other non-invasive test. This includes information about plaque composition and plaque stroke arterial inflammation, which can facilitate relocation of resources and treatment to the vulnerable plaque and to the vulnerable patient. CTCA has great potential to render redundant other widely used tests for ischemia and significantly reduce the number of unnecessary invasive diagnostic procedures. The complete health, economic and socio-economic consequences of CTCA can only be evaluated when CTCA is used as a one-stop shop to provide information about ischemia, the vulnerable plaque, but most importantly, the vulnerable patient. Physical frailty is a commonly encountered geriatric syndrome among older patients without CAD. The impact of frailty on the incidence of long-term cardiovascular outcomes is not known. In a clinical research article entitled Frailty and Cardiovascular Outcomes in the National Health and Aging Trends Study 
Abdullah Damluji and colleagues from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland, USA, aimed to evaluate the long-term association of frailty measured by the Freed Frailty Phenotype with all-cause mortality and major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE, among 3,259 older adults without a history of CAD at baseline. They use the National Health and Aging Trends Study, a prospective cohort study linked to a Medicare sample. Frailty was measured during the baseline visit using the Freed Physical Frailty Phenotype. Compared to those without frailty, subjects with frailty were older, mean age 82 versus 75 years, P being less than 0.001, more likely to be female, 68% versus 55%, P being less than 0.001, and belonging to an ethnic minority. The prevalence of hypertension, falls, disability, anxiety stroke depression, and multimorbidity was much higher in the frail and the pre-frail than the non-frail participants. In a Cox time-to-event multivariable model, and during six years follow-up, the incidences of death and of each individual cardiovascular outcome were all significantly higher in the frail than the non-frail patients, including major MACE, hazard ratio or HR, 1.77, 95%, death, HR, 2.7, acute myocardial infarction, HR, 1.95, stroke, HR, 1.71, Peripheral Vascular Disease, HR 1.80, and CAD, HR 1.35. The authors conclude that in patients without CAD, frailty is a risk factor for the development of MACE. Efforts to identify frailty in patients without CAD and interventions to limit or reverse frailty status are needed, and if successful, may limit subsequent adverse cardiovascular events. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Ariella Orkaby from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The author concludes that the work by Dam Luji and colleagues represents an important step forward to individualizing care for older adults that does not simply extrapolate from younger populations. Prevention of cardiovascular disease is often considered in two broad categories non modifiable, age, sex, race, and genetics and modifiable, smoking, hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol, diet, and weight. Chronological age is the single dominant non-modifiable risk factor that makes it challenging to practice precise medicine in older adults. The addition of frailty to the risk toolbox for the prevention of CVD is critical to developing a more precise and quantitative estimate of risk for older adults that moves beyond non-modifiable chronological age. Stress echocardiography, or SE, was recently upgraded to the ABCDE protocol. Step A, regional wall motion abnormalities. Step B, B lines. Step C, left ventricular contractile reserve. Step D, Doppler-based coronary flow velocity reserve in left anterior descending coronary artery. And Step E, electrocardiogram-based heart rate reserve. Step A is the only sign established in guidelines and recommendations. In a clinical research article entitled Prognostic Value of Stress Echocardiography Assessed by the ABCDE Protocol, Quirino Ciampi from the Fate Bene Fratelli Hospital in Benvenuto, Italy and colleagues 
sought to assess the prognostic value of ABCDESE in a prospective, large-scale, multi-centre international effectiveness study. From July 2016 to November 2020, they enrolled 3,574 all-comers, age 65 plus or minus 11 years, 2,070 males or 58%, ejection fraction 60 plus or minus 10%, with known or suspected chronic coronary syndromes referred from 13 certified laboratories. All patients underwent clinically indicated ABCDE-SE. Employed stress modality was exercise or pharmacological. SE response ranged from zero, all steps normal, to score five, all steps abnormal. All-cause death was the only endpoint. During a median follow-up of 21 months, 73 deaths occurred. Annual mortality rate significantly increased from 0.4% person year for score 0 up to 2.7% person years for score 5. The authors conclude that ABCDE-SE allows for an effective prediction of survival in patients with chronic coronary syndromes. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Roxy Senior and Rajdeep Qatar from the Royal Brompton and Harefield NHS Trust in London, United Kingdom. The authors conclude that the ABCDE-SE protocol for the investigation of suspected CAD may be further refined by 1. Optimising the detection of ischemia by incorporating information on myocardial perfusion during step A and 2. Adding a step for the assessment of atherosclerosis by carotid ultrasound to target the preventative treatment of non-obstructive atherosclerotic plaque. Abnormal findings in steps C, D or E in the absence of myocardial ischemia, although of prognostic significance, are likely to have low specificities for the diagnosis of CAD. Furthermore, therapies targeted towards pathophysiological abnormalities in these steps have not been established and certainly there is no data to show that therapy improves prognosis. By contrast, the ABCDE-SE protocol is known CAD, and absence of myocardial ischemia may be very useful for risk stratification, providing reassurance for low-risk patients, and for taking an informed decision regarding the need for invasive investigation in high-risk patients. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, In the Pool, Dilution or Drowning, Victor Dayan and colleagues from the Universidad de la República, Montevideo, Uruguay, comment on the recent publication, Cardiac Mortality in Patients Randomized to Elective Coronary Revascularization Plus Medical Therapy or Medical Therapy Alone, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis by Eliano Navarese from the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Canada. Navarese et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.